And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order, you know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Frank Sinatra stars as footloose and fancy-free amateur detective Rocky Fortune from 1954. Then J. Carol Nash stars as Italian immigrant Luigi Basco on part one of a comedy episode of Life with Luigi from 1950. With me to help present these radio classics is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. I think of your mom every time you say Life with Luigi. I know. It's one of her favorite shows. That's way up there, so I hope she'll be listening. Yeah, she likes that show, and she especially likes... The story of Dr. Kildare, although she likes suspense and all the shows. But I think she just likes you. Yeah, she does like to listen to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. All right, well, it's time now for Rocky Fortune. Now, Rocky Fortune came to radio for one season in 1953, and it starred the chairman of the board himself, Frank Sinatra, as an amateur detective, Rocky Fortunato was his name, was created by George Lefferts and Ernest Canoy of X-1 and Dimension X fame. It was a sustained show on NBC, and Sinatra's career around this time, Lisa, was kind of fading, but his role of Private Angelo Maggio in From Here to Eternity had just come out, and he would work the phrase from here to eternity in most of the scripts. Rocky Fortunato was a young man in need of employment and accepted odd jobs from the Gridley Employment Agency. Also in the cast, Barney Phillips was Police Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger. And the final episode aired March 30, 1954, less than one week after Sinatra won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. And his career was back on track. Let's tune this in now. Frank Sinatra starring as Rocky Fortune from February 9th, 1954. This is called Social Director. Here's part one of Rocky Fortune. Presenting Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, who stars as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Hi. Say, if you have vacationed up in the Catskill Mountains, you've probably heard of Mama Greenspan, the best cook between the Waldorf and Grossingers. Mama runs Greenspan Villa, which was quite the place to go before son Larry started to gamble away the profits. I did a hitch there as assistant social director a couple of years back, and last week I got a call from Mama asking me to pinch hit for a few days till she could find a new social director. Before I got through, I was not only a social director, I was almost a funeral director at my own death. Pardon me, lady. Is uh, this the Waldorf Astoria? Is this... Rocky! Rocky, my boy. How are you, Mama? Oh, let me look at you. Mm. 
Ah, you're just the same. Nothing but flesh and bone. <laughs> Come in the kitchen. I'll fix you something. I just ate, Mama. No, 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 no. You, you force yourself. Come on, Doc. Tell me, uh... How come you need a social director all of a sudden? Well, the last director eloped with one of the guests without so much as a howdy-doody. Here, sit. I'll snack you. Now, look, let's keep it down to six or seven courses, Mama. Tell me, uh, about this job, what do I do? How many guests have you got? Well, for the last week, all we had was old Mr. Siegel in 212 and Mrs. Rafferty, the fat lady, from 216. But all of a sudden, yesterday comes a Mr. Martin, and an hour later, a young girl from Flatbush. Such a pretty little thing. Your eyes could fall out from looking on her. With such a pickup in business, I thought, Mama, good times is coming back again. You should get a social director. And you figured I was out of work, so you called oh, me. I don't pay much, but at least you'll, you'll eat good until you find something more substantial. Mama, you're absolutely wonderful. How's Larry? Larry? You remember your son. We used to play handball together when I worked here, remember? Oh, that Larry. Well, what's the matter, Mama? Oh, everybody has his own troubles. Why should I make mine yours? Come on now, tell me about it. Well, I... I, I guess you knew Laurie ain't exactly a dependable boy. Not a bad boy, understand, but... But after Papa died, he, he started to go with bad fellas, and, and he gambled. And one thing led to another. Yeah, I, I read where he got sent up for a year. Uh, only six months he was there. And when he came out a few weeks ago, he was a changed boy. Mama, he said, from now on, the straight and crooked path. No more gambling. I'm going to get a job. He said it right here in this kitchen. So? So he tried to get a job, and nobody would take him. So he got mixed up again, and... And what? And they're looking for him to kill him. Oh, Rocky. Now, take it easy, Mama. Take it easy. Who's looking to kill him? Oh, the man who came yesterday. Uh, Mr. Bugsy Martin. How do you know this? Uh, how do I know? Larry called me on the telephone, and... And asked me if Bugsy Martin was here. And he said Bugsy Martin was after him. And I shouldn't say I heard from him. Period. Did he, um, did he tell you why this guy is after him? You read in the newspaper where the federal payroll was held up last week? The post office job. The post office job. Rocky, I think Larry was involved. Mm. What makes you think he was in on this job? Because the post office was in Albany. And I happen to know that Larry had a plane ticket for Albany the day before. Also, I know he was mixed up with those no-goodniks again. In other words, you don't really need a social director. In other words, I need a friend, Rocky. I need somebody who can help me in case Larry comes. Maybe you could talk some sense in him somehow. Maybe, Mama. I'll do what I can. But for now, you better introduce me to the guest, huh? took me out on the porch where the three paying guests were rocking back and forth. The first was Bugsy Martin, a tough-looking character with a bulge under his arm where the artillery was stacked. Seated next to him was a fat lady dipping into a box of nuggets, and next to her was a very jazzy-looking blonde with a mind like Billy Dawn. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you should all meet our new social director, Mr. Fortune. This is Mr. Martin. Where's the matches? Hi. Mrs. Rafferty? Mrs. Rafferty is a widow. <laughs> Call me Gertrude. How are you, Gertie? And this is Miss Miller. Hello. What do I call you? Call me anytime. Are you for real? I mean, flesh and blood? Hmm, mostly blood. You ain't uh, married or anything. Uh-uh. 
Mind if I touch you? Steady now, I'm ticklish. Well, it isn't that I'm bold or anything, Mr. Fortune, but I have a one-week vacation, understand? My boss, Mr. Marcus, went to Florida. So I said to myself, Gloria, why not go to the mountains? Maybe you'll meet some young man and, and have a little fun and meet a lot of people. And who knows? You might even make the acquaintance of somebody worthwhile. So? So I had to pick a week when every place was booked up except here. <laughs> For two days now, I've been sitting on this rocking chair. Oh, I'm chair sick. You know, I haven't even seen a delivery boy. Ooh, I'm so glad to see you. No, 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 just a minute, honey. Teddy, I'm not looking to settle down in Flatbush and raise kids. Who said anything about settling down? You're a social director? That's right. So direct to me. Oops. I'm just beginning to enjoy my new job when Mama comes out and interrupts me. It seems that old Mr. Siegel, who is not feeling well and can't leave his room, would like his lunch brought up. Whatever is wrong with old Mr. Siegel, it ain't stomach trouble because lunch consists of a half a dozen of Mama Greenspan's famous 12-pound blintzes, chicken soup with matzo balls, and a copy of Josephine Jackson's 10-day reducing diet. Come in. Mr. Siegel? Yes. Let's put it down and get out. You ain't polite. Go, go. Maybe I should introduce myself. I'm Rocky Fortune, the new social director. Out. Anything you say, Sal. I'll just put the tray down here. I'm sorry the cover fell off. Clumsy ox. It's all right. I'll just put it back on and... Well, well. What is it? Excuse me, Mr. Siegel, but this note just fell out of one of the blinkers. Give it to me. Sure, sure. Now get out. Not for a while. What? I said not for a while. You and me are going to converse first. Get out of here or i kill you. My, my, my. Do nice old men like you always carry 45s? Give me that. Let go. Drop it. My Drop arm, it. you break it. That's better. Now you can take off the phony beard, Larry. You punk. I'd kill you for this. Sit down. I said sit down. Can lay off, will you? So you're the boy who was going to go straight. Did Mama tell you? She told me everything except that you were up here making like a paying guest. The note in the blintz told me that. Bugsy, he'll kill me if he finds out. You better level with me, Larry. Unless you want him to find out. That's crazy. You won't believe me. Let's have it. Last week, Bugsy said he could get me a job driving a truck up in Albany. I went up. You didn't tell Mama. I wanted to surprise you. Go on. My first job is to deliver a load of furniture someplace, I thought. I pulled a truck up right across the street from the post office and start moving the furniture into the house. Everything seems fine. All of a sudden, I hear shooting. I rush out. The street looks empty. I finish a job and start to drive to the next stop. Only I notice somebody has tossed a black bag into the truck. When I open it, a hundred grand in hot government money. Bugsy tossed the stuff into the truck and took off. I get scared. I ditched the truck and took off with the money, figuring I'd go to the cops. But you developed a case of sticky fingers. I couldn't get a job. It won't work, Larry. You know that. And also, if Bugsy and the guys don't get you, the federal agents will. I know. I'm trying to get up enough nerve to go to the cops. Then Bugsy showed up. Since then, Mama's been hiding me up here. Why didn't you just phone? Or have Mama phone? I'm watching Mama like a hawk. Maybe they got the phones tapped. How do I know? One peep and they'd be up here with heaters. You still willing to go to the cops? 
You got much choice now. All right. I'll get him for you. You stay here. Okay, Rocky. Don't change your mind. I won't. I leave Larry Greenspan in his room and head down to the kitchen to tell Mama the news. She's just tasting a ladle full of Kreplock soup when I come in. Mama. Oh, 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 you frightened me. I'm sorry. Listen, Mama, can I use the phone in your office? Why not? I just talked to Larry. Oh, you found out? Didn't you want me to? Come on, tell me, Mama. Hush, somebody could hear. So you met Mr. Siegel? Uh-huh. He says to call the gentleman with the blue suits and order one. Today. Oh, you're not joking, Rocky. Uh-uh, he's willing to turn over the money, too. Now, the main thing is to make sure that Bugsy doesn't... Shh, somebody's by the door. Hold it, hold it. Hi. Oh, excuse me. I just came in to see if there wasn't something in the icebox I could nosh before lunchtime. Help yourself. Here, here's a piece of strudel. Oh, that's fine. Thank you. Excuse me for interrupting. Perfectly all right. You were saying... I'll make the call. Keep Bugsy out on the porch. Anything you say. Oh, Rocky, I'm, I'm so happy he decided to go to the police. You have no idea. I hope they treat him good. Take it easy, Mama. We're not in the clear yet. I'm going to call a buddy of mine in the New York department. He's a slob, but he's an honest cop. I slip into Mama Greenspan's office on the first floor and get my thumb in the dial. Operator, I want the New York City Police Department. Person to person to Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger, first detectives. That's right. Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> Hello, Hamilton. Rocky. Listen, how'd you like to be promoted to chief of detectives? I got the loop from the Albany Post Office job. Also, a friend of mine can finger the crooks for you. No, I'm cold sober. This is a nice guy who got made the patsy. Will you treat him decent? Good. I'm up at Mama Greenspan's in a borscht belt. You been? Okay, I'll see you. I hang up the phone and start to turn around, but in the middle of my turn, somebody drops a ton of stale bagels on the back of my skull, and I see the broadloom coming up to me. transpired. But with the door was open, I came in and you were kissing the carpet. Are you all right? Yeah, except for a small dent in my brain. Oh, thank heaven. The only man at Greenspan's villa. Gloria. Gloria, somebody heard me making a very personal phone call and pulled me on the head. Did you see anybody around here? Not a soul. Rocky, why would somebody want to hit you? I think I know why, baby. What I want to know is who. I stagger to my feet and am on my way up to old Mr. Siegel's room for a conference when I run right into the arms of Sergeant Finger, which is like running into a wounded rhinoceros on the charge. Oh! Take it easy, Rock. You could get hurt. Oh, I don't usually bump into guys with concrete chests. What'd you do, take a rocket ship? Police helicopter. What's up? Come on, I'll show you this way. This better not be no wild turkey hunt, Rocky. Here's the room here. Mr. Siegel. Mr. Siegel. That's very funny. Is it? 
Yeah, we better give a look, huh? Yeah. Larry? Larry, where are you? Hey, Larry! La- He's gone. Now, ain't that just charming? Sarge, I'm telling you, the guy was here with a suitcase full of loot. Maybe he changed his mind, conked me, and took off. Sure, that's what happened. Fortune, I ought to blame you for getting me up here. I ought to put you in a freezer. I got a good mind to bend up your nose. Sarge, before you do, just so it shouldn't be a total loss. What? Come on down for a bowl of Mama Greenspan's chicken soup with matzo balls. I turned a good sergeant over to Mama in the kitchen and head back to her office to look around. I don't have to look for long. A second later, I'm nosing my way up the stairs like a bloodhound following a salami salesman home from work. Come in. Hello, Mrs. Rafferty. Oh, hello. What do you want? I brought you a little nosh. I beg your pardon? Here's the rest of the strudel Mama gave you out in the kitchen. You dropped it on the floor of the office when you hit me on the head. You're out of your mind. Look, sister. I know you heard me talking to Mama about that loot in old Mr. Siegel's room. You figured maybe you could grab off a small hunk, so you knocked me out and went up there. Only you're a very nervous eater, so you left a trail of strudel crumbs all the way up from my body to the room. What do you want? Where's the money? I don't know. Why don't you ask Larry? I will. And if you don't know anything about it, how do you know who Larry is? Well, uh, I just assumed... You just assumed you were talking to a schnook. Now, look, miss. There's a homicide man downstairs right now. Are you going to level with me or do I turn you over to him? Please, please, no. I'm not a criminal. I've never done anything. Except what? I overheard you and Mama in the kitchen, and I put two and two together. So I I hit you and went up to 212. I said if he didn't give me half the money, I'd tell Mr. Martin where he was hiding. Then what happened? He gave me $5,000. I never had that much money in my life. Uh, Here. It's in this drawer. Take it. Please take it. I don't want it. I don't know what made me do it. And you don't know where he is? Oh, honest, I don't. He was still in the room when I left. Honest, Mr. Fortune. All right, sister. Now, look, you stay right here and hang on to this five grand until I get back with the law. And don't think you're going to pull a disappearing act. Matter of fact, you don't look like you're going to win any prizes in the Olympic dash. I leave Rafferty nervously munching her way through a pile of salted almonds and head for the kitchen to get Sergeant Finger. En route, I am mousetrapped by Gloria Miller. And she's got that look in her eye. Just like a chorus girl watching an elderly banker with a weak heart. Rocky. What? You haven't been directing my social life much. Uh, honey, it isn't that I'm not interested. I got a lot of things to do right now. How about, uh, rowing on the lake for a while? Later, later, later. Ping pong? Later, honey. Want to get married? Later, I... What am I saying? Gloria, look, excuse me. I got things to do. What things? For old Mr. Siegel? For old Mr. Siegel. What's he got that I ain't? Honey, if you only knew. I bust into the kitchen where Hamilton Fingers just about to lower himself into his third bowl of chicken soup and tell him I finally got part of the loot. He pounds after me up to the widow Rafferty's room and we open the door. Now maybe you'll believe me when you see the lettuce patch this kid has in her bureau drawer. Open it. Okay, Mrs. Rafferty, here's the... Holy Hilda. 
You say you was just conversing with this party? A minute ago, Sarge. I'm telling you, I You don't look like a very lively conversationalist, Rock. Not with that sash covered around her throat. The money, the money. It's gone. My, my. How unfortunate for you. What do you mean, for me? Rocky Manvu, my pal. You've been giving me a lot of gas about crooks and loot and everything else, but so far all I've seen is this corpse, and all I know, the rest is just smoke to make it look like something else is going on. What are you talking about? I told you, you when I... You told kept... me. Now I'm telling you. We're going down to the chateau to ask a few questions, and pal, you better have the answer. Sergeant, my old, my old pal, my buddy, I'd like to accompany you just for kicks, but a friend of a friend of mine is in bad trouble, and he needs help. So for a short while, fall down. That's the first portion of Rocky Fortune. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club, where each month you'll receive 10 of the greatest shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first five-CD collection of 10 classic radio shows, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $4.99. Each month I'll hand-select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of 100,000 shows and send them to you on five CDs. And I promise they'll be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and we'll rush you your first five-CD collection with ten of the greatest classic radio shows of all time for only $4.99. Your first collection will feature Abbott and Costello, Sam Spade, Dimension X, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Gunsmoke, Have Gun Will Travel, Inner Sanctum, Jack Benny, and Suspense. You're going to love the Classic Radio Club. Learn how to join at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now, let's get back to Rocky Fortune. The sergeant settles gracefully into a pile of blubber and I shut the door behind me. First stop is old Mr. Siegel's room and guess who I find there. Well, well. Oh, uh, Rocky. Uh-huh. You looking for something, Gloria? Uh, no. No, I, I thought maybe you were here. Yeah. You were looking for me in the dresser drawers and under the carpet. You can't tell where you'll find a man sometimes. Say, that's very funny. Come on, what are you doing here? Honest, Rocky, I was looking for you. Who turned this room upside down? That's how I found it. Look at me. No, no, nobody could look that dumb and really not be dumb. All right, honey. Where's Mr. Siegel? A good question. What are you looking for? A hundred thousand clams. Would you mind if I helped? Not at all. It looks as if somebody else conducted a search, too. Let's try a few places they haven't looked. Mattress. Phone book. Nothing. What's on the tray? A pile of blintzes I took up to Mr. Siegel this morning. Looks like he never got a chance to eat them. That's wasteful. When I'm married, if my husband wastes food like that... <laughs> Listen to me talking when I'm married. I'm... I can't even get proposed to. What are you doing? Eating a blintz. You get a bad one? <coughs> I got a bad one, all right. It's made out of dough, real dough. Five grand in each blintz. What do you know? Larry must have hid the money here after Mrs. Rafferty put the bite on him. Come on, honey, grab a few blintzes and let's go. Hold it. 
All right, Louie, drop the blint. Get him up, the body is. Like the man says, honey. Mind if I close the door? Might suddenly get drafty in here. And if somebody makes a move... Help yourself. Thought I gave this place a good going over. But I never would have looked inside a blintz for that kind of dough. <laughs> That's a joke. I know. I already made it and we laughed. You ain't never going to laugh again unless you tell me where Larry is hiding. You just heard the last laugh then, pal, because I don't know. Yeah? That's a good one, too. Listen, punk, I had to choke it out of the fat lady a little while ago. I'd just as soon do the same for you. Now, where is that double-crosser? He said he was hiding in here. You mean old Mr. Siegel? I mean Larry Greenspan. Now, start talking. Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth upon the earth... Oh, you're going to be a wise guy, huh? Okay, punk, you're asking for it. So are you, Bugsy, and you're going to get it right now. Hold it, Bugsy. Why, you... Are you okay? Wait till I check for ventilation. I guess he missed it. I was beginning to wonder if you really wanted to hear the whole Gettysburg address before you came in with that fire escape. Well, it'll make sure you saw me out there. How'd you get there? When the fat lady said she'd squawked a Bugsy, I decided maybe I better get a change of room for an outside exposure. The cop get here? Finger? Yeah. Poor soul. He's in 216 resting. Gloria, put down Bugsy's gun. You can get hurt. Thanks. But I just want to make sure I don't have any trouble. What do you mean, trouble? When I take the money. What? Hand it over, please. Uh, now, wait a minute, honey. What is this? What happened to the sweet little secretary who was looking for a man? Rocky, I have a confession to make. The man I was looking for is Larry Greenspan. Who is this tomato, Rocky? Well, up to now, I thought she was a man-eating barracuda from Flatbush. I am from Flatbush, Rocky. But I'm not a barracuda. Well, just who are you, baby? Or what are you? I, um... I'm an agent for the United States Treasury Department. Well, you can never judge a T-man by the rustle of his bustle, I always say. I say it, but it never does any good. After I recover from the shock of Gloria Miller turning out to be a female shamus, we revive the good Sergeant Finger and go down to break the news to Mama. That's the way it is, Mama. The good sergeant here says Larry might even get off with a commendation. Ah, oh, such a good boy. More blints, this sergeant? Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a couple. Oh, and you, miss? Well, thanks, but I- I've got to get this money back to the authorities. Rocky, you'll have some. You got enough? Oh, I'll whip up some fresh dough. Well, wait a minute now. If it's all the same to you, this time make them with the kind of dough you can't spend. That last batch was a little too rich for my taste. Now, to tell you about next week's transcribed adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Hi. There's an old saying, never look a gift horse in the mouth. But with pen and cheek, I now write me a new saying. Never look a gift blonde in the eyes. She was blonde because her hair told me so. It was the only proof I had. She didn't walk, she insinuated. She was from New Orleans, and her name was Lou, and believe me, brother, Lou was no lady. When I saw, I said to myself, I dig this, babe. She almost dug me, too, right into her grave. I'll tell you about it next week. Visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network. (laughs) 
And that's Rocky Fortune from February 9th, 1954, with Social Director starring Frank Sinatra. Also in that cast, Barney Phillips. That was a sustained broadcast. Is heard on NBC. All right, it's time now for Life with Luigi. This was a comedy series that starred J. Carol Nash as a newly nationalized American citizen, Luigi Vasco, living in Chicago. And he wrote letters to his Mamma Mia in Italy, telling of his adventures here in Chicago. Now, Luigi owned an antique shop, and his sponsor, Pasquale, played by Alan Reed, owned a spaghetti palace. And Pasquale's daughter, Rosa, was uh, quite overweight, and he wanted to marry her off to Luigi, just about on every episode. This series was created by Cy Howard of My Friend Irma Fame, came to radio in 1948, lasted until 1953. It was sponsored for most of its run by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. And we have an episode for you now from April 25th, 1950. This is called The Boys Club. Here's part one of Life with Luigi. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to enjoy life. Life with Luigi, a new comedy show created by Cy Howard and starring that celebrated actor, Mr. J. Carol Nash, with Alan Reed as the scholar. As the one thing I'm notice about Americans, everybody likes to join a club. Boys, they join the YMCA. Girls, they got to the YWCA. And the little animals who's lonely, they join in the ASPCA. <laughs> but they also got a clubs for big animals. If you're a lion, you join the lions. If you're elk, you join the elks. And if you are moose, you join the mooses. <laughs> One club, I'm never even knew is such an animal. Mamma mia, maybe you know what's a kiwani. <laughs> anyway, they got all the kinds of a clubs. A rotary, friars, is a 4 H and a brownies and a scouts. They even got a club you car can join. That's a Coliotto club. <laughs> But in our neighborhood, we got the best kind of club. Is it called the Boys Club? And we all help out. The reason I'm right to you about this club is because a few days ago, I was had to leave my antique shop for a few hours. And when I'm coming back, who I'm assisting in the front of my store, but my countryman Pasquale. And he's a say like he's always a say when he's a see me. Luigi, my friend. <laughs> hello, Luigi. Hello, hello. Hello, Pasquale. Hey, how come you're standing in front of my store instead of your spaghetti palace? Well, you see, Luigi, a little while ago, the supervisor from the boys' club was coming around raising the money. Oh, see, see, maybe he's in need of money for food, huh? No, no, no. That's money for the gymnasium. They need the supplies for the gym. You know how they don't like kids to shoot craps in the street? Well, they got a gymnasium so kids can go and shoot craps in there. <laughs> And so they need money for supplies? That's all right. They figure if they supply the dice, the kids are sure going to play that. <laughs> Pasquale, is no good kids should shoot the craps altogether. Well, they got other games, I'm sure. Breaking out of jail, a stick a ball, a holding up a stagecoach. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they got a deck of cards. The kids can play Kanata. <laughs> 
Anyway, main point is I give the supervisor five dollars. Hi, it's a very nice of you, Pasquale. Sure, we're big people. We gotta help them kids out. Like I'm always said, Luigi, you gotta watch your kids all the time. How you plant the seed, that's how the sap grows. <laughs> hey, you're so right, Pasquale. Isn't nobody bigger sap than you? It's a funny thing. When I'm a saying it's a come out of different. <laughs> well, anyway, Luigi, I was happy to give the man five dollars because that's very important to our community. After all, the killer today is the man tomorrow. Only you could think of things like that, Pasquale. I only wish I was there. I would have given the supervisor my little contribution, too. That's <laughs> all right, Luigi. Don't worry yourself. I pledge the money for you. Huh? How much? Well, Luigi, you know the whole neighborhood knows how much you love kids. You must love them at least ten times more than I do. Well, I'm I'm not like to brag. That's but... all right, Luigi. Anyway, I figure you like them ten times more than I do. I give a five dollars, so I said you was going to give a fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Pasquale, that's a bad of you. You know I ain't got a fifty dollars. How could you do such a thing to me? Well, Luigi, I meant to well. I was gonna give you the money. I'll give you all the money you want. If only I could hear you say those three little words. I love you. All right. Pasquale, I love you. Yeah, not to me. <laughs> Fresh guy. Look, Luigi. Don't look on it like you're doing something for Rosa. Do it as a favor for me. For you? Yes. I want to be a grandfather. <laughs> and I can't become one unless you first become a father. But Pasquale, I don't want to become a father. Who's asking you? You're a traitor to your country. That's what you are. Traitor? Sure. If everybody was to go around saying he don't want to become a father, you know what would happen to this country? It'd be no fathers a day. Instead, we have two mothers a day. <laughs> that would be a terrible catastrophe. Pasquale, I would really like to help you out, but not with the Russia. Next time, ask me for a smaller favor. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going into my store and call up at the boys' club. And I tell him I'm going to give him whatever I'm going to afford. Hmm, it's a telephone. I wonder who's it going to be. Hello, is it Luigi Basco is it talking? Hello, Mr. Basco. This is Mr. Dunlevy at the Boys Club. We just heard about your wonderful contribution. But that was... I suppose you know it's the largest contribution in the neighborhood. We've already ordered some wonderful equipment on the basis of your pledge. You already ordered... Yes, and what's more, inasmuch as all the boys know you, we'd like you to make a little speech on courage and athletics Friday night when we open the gym with the new equipment. But I'm a no... Oh, don't let the speech worry you. The boys will love any remarks you make on the subject. Thanks again, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Mama may I'm going to go to my night school class and ask her for help That's all right, Jules, don't worry about a thing All right, class, quiet, please, please Now I'll call the roll Mr. Basco? Here Mr. Harwick? Here Mr. Olson? Here Mr. Schultz? fail here and pause it <laughs> Mr. Schultz, this is the first time since I began calling the roll that you've answered in Viennese that's because I wanted to be a Vienna roll. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, fellow boobers. And smile, everybody. Luigi, you are not smiling. What's the reason? Fifty dollars. 
Fifty dollars? I ain't got it. Ain't? Mr. Basco, I haven't got fifty dollars. Oh, you too? Then we both haven't got the fifty dollars. <laughs> Luigi, what are you talking about? Well, you see, I'm supposed to give fifty dollars to buy the equipment for the boys at gymnasium. Fifty uh, dollars? Himmel, what are they doing for those little kiddies? Making the brass knuckles out of gold? <laughs> <laughs> Luigi, in order for you to give fifty dollars, you must have a job that pays gigantic wages. Fifty dollars. That's a lot of money, even if you got it. Class, why don't you let Mr. Basco finish what he was saying? Thank you, Miss Spalding. You see, the boys' the club was collecting the money for the gymnasium, and I wasn't in my store, so Pasquale told them I would have given him a fifty dollars. Oh, that steaming Pasquale. When I hear his name, my blood boils so you can see steam coming out of my nose. <laughs> but why? Why should he do a thing like that? Yeah, what, what, what is his reason? Why, you have to ask. He has got the biggest reason anybody ever had. Rosa. <laughs> Miss Pasquale, you just gotta put two and two together, and it always comes out 250 pounds. <laughs> Yes, but Mr. Schultz, giving $50 to the boys' gymnasium isn't helping Mr. Pasquale any. Only thing is, Miss Pauling, Pasquale said to me, if I'm a married Rosa, he'll give me the money so the boys can have a gym supplies. Sure. What does he care if he has to buy a dozen barbells if he only gets rid of one dumbbell? <laughs> no, Luigi, you got it. No problem. Just call up the club and say, hello about the money. I ain't got it. It's impossible, Schultz. They already bought his stuff and they asked me to make a speech this Friday night to the boys. Schultz, maybe you know where I'm going to get the $50? No. Olsen, maybe you know where I'm going to get the $50? No. Horowitz, maybe you know where I'm going to get the $50? No. Miss Spalding, I hope you're not counting these answers on our final report cards. <laughs> well, class, it looks as though Mr. Basco has a real problem. Now, has anyone any practical suggestions? I got it, Luigi. If you really want $50 quick, go right home. Yes, sir. Put on your bathrobe and slippers. Yes, sir. Sit down by the radio. Then what, Schultz? When the telephone rings, don't say hello. Just say Abraham Lincoln and hang up. <laughs> Believe me, in one hour, they'll send you a refrigerator and $10,000. <laughs> Well, Mamma Mia, I'ma try all over to get the fifty dollars for the boys at gymnasium. But I'ma had no luck. I'm even thought the best idea was to go to a finance company. Outside there was a sign, we give it twenty-five dollars for your signature. This look wonderful. I thought I would have signed it twice and I get a fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'ma went inside. Then they asked me if I'ma got a bank account. If I'ma have a good job. If I'ma have a car. If I'ma have a house. Mamma mia, if I wasn't have all those things, they would ask me if I could have loaned them money. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting in my antique shop thinking how I would have to make a big shame for myself when I go to the boys' club with no money. One of my daughters open up and there's a commissary, they don't know the boy. Hello, Mr. Basco. I brought you the evening paper. Uh, thank you, Sandy. Here's your nickel. Boy, Mr. Basco, we kids sure are proud of you. I bet that 50 bucks is all you got. Yeah, it's all I'm a got and it's all I'm a ain't a got. <laughs> Sandy, how you find out I'm a giving her money? Oh, I got it from the grapevine. Grapevine? Sandy, you're too young to be drinking. <laughs> now, that's just slang, Mr. Basco. Uh, Sandy, what would you boys think if I'm a donor giver that a $50? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Mr. Pasquale tried to tell us. He wanted to bet you wouldn't come through with the money. 
I told him maybe he wouldn't, but we could always depend on you for the do re me. Oh, no, maybe I, I get to the money and make a speech, but I'm not going to sing. <laughs> We're not expecting you to, but I know that comes Friday, Pasquale will be wrong, and we'll be cheering you. Uh-huh, Mr. Basco, if you make a promise, you deliver. Uh-huh, Sandy, I'm a deliver. So long. Mama man, now I'm going to get the money. I'm a can't disappoint those boys. Maybe I'm going to go to the bank. Luigi, my fellow boobie. Oh, hello, Schultz. Ach, Luigi, from the look in your voice, I can tell that you didn't have much luck raising the money. So even if it ain't much, I brought something to help you out. Here, ten dollars. Ten dollars? Schultz, where do you got it? It's my mad money. <laughs> and when my wife finds out I got it, oh, she's going to be mad. <laughs> Go ahead, Luigi, take it. No, no, Schultz, I couldn't. Oh, go ahead, take it. No, no, thank you. Well, we go around once more. <laughs> no, Schultz, I'm going to take it. All right, go ahead. Take your finance business somewhere else. Go to the Morris plan. See if Morris brings you the money to the house like Schultz does. <laughs> I should see you crazy. Well, all right, I'm going to buy the $10. Oh, Himmel, you got to sweat blood to lend you money. <laughs> well, now, Luigi, cheer up. At least you got it to start. Now, all you have to do... What was that? Sounds like a parade. Come on outside, Luigi. Hey, Schultz, what is it, a circus? No, Luigi, it's a carnival. It comes every year by the lake shore. Oh, what fun. You know, they got all kinds of rides and freaks. Oh, yeah, we got the same thing in Italy. Oh, they got one fella, he can touch his tongue with his nose. <laughs> he can touch his feet with his nose. He can even touch his elbow with his nose. Hey, Schultz, is it this the India rubber man? No, but he sure got a long nose. <laughs> be a lot of fun at the carnival, huh, Schultz? Oh, yeah, you know, I bring my kids there every year. They got a fighter there, the killer, and they got a standing offer to anybody in the crowd. If anybody can stay in the ring with the killer, he gets $20 a round. Ain't they taking a chances to give away so much money? No, Luigi, you see, they got the iodine concession. <laughs> well, I gotta go now, Luigi. I hope you get the rest of the money. Yeah, I'm a hope so too, and a thank you, Schultz. <laughs> Goodbye, Luigi. And smile. Be like me. Always happy, huh? Always laughing. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> My rheumatism is killing me. <laughs> hmm, $20 a round. Mamma mia, that's for me. If I'm going to stay two rounds, there's my $40. I'm going to do it. I'm a strong. Even when I was a boy, when Uncle Pietro Zagotti used to kick me, I used to kick him right the back. Oh, please, please, Mr. Closet the door. The noises are giving me a headache. Mm, sensitive type. Well, I hope you brought your own aspirin. Thank you. Two rounds of $40. Luigi, you gotta stand up for two rounds. Well, kid, in a few minutes, you're gonna meet the killer. Did you bring your trunks? What? Where are your trunks? Why, am I going on a trip? <laughs> Here, put these on. I'll lend you a pair. But I'm already wearing the pants. Well, you gotta wear these. If I wear those, it's gonna be a draft. That's not all there's gonna be. Come on, slip them on, stupid. All right, you sure must need that dough awful bad. Awful bad? Yeah. How much do you weigh? Uh, 136. Stripped? Huh? 
I said strip. What's the matter with you? When I wear myself in a candy store, you think I'm going to take my clothes off? <laughs> oh, brother. Well, these are your trunks. Come here, I'll slip on the gloves. Gloves? Oh, good. You like that, huh? Well, sure. If my knees are going to be cold, at least my hands are going to be warm. <laughs> watch out, watch out. Coming through with the stretcher. Here comes victim number three. Mamma mia. At the man on the stretcher, what's happened to him? Nothing, nothing. He just took one too many in the bread basket. You mean he's a stealer from the bakery? <laughs> and they wonder where the good fighters are coming from. Come on with me, dopey. Luigi, thank goodness we got here in time. The candy store man told us you were coming down here, Luigi. Yeah, I told you about the killer, but I didn't think you were stupid enough to want to get killed. <laughs> Come on, Luigi, jump into your clothes. We are taking you home. Your friends, don't, don't worry about me. I'm strong. <laughs> strong, he says. Luigi, didn't you see the killer warming up for the audience? He bit a telephone pole in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luigi, this killer is the real reason Joe Lewis could fight me. Come on, take off those gloves, please. Oh, no, that's, that's against the rules. I'm going to wear these gloves and these trunks, and if I'm going to stay two rounds with a killer without stealing a bread, I'm going to collect the $40. <laughs> That's the first portion of Life with Luigi from April 25th, 1950. We'll have more of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Makes you miserable. Use as directed. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Well, next time, it's the conclusion to Life with Luigi starring J. Carol Nash. Then it's a good mystery on Whitehall 1212 starring Harvey Hayes from 1952. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then. <laughs> 